I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ah, yes. Sports to the Max on the air. Abbreviated version. Tonight, the Minnesota Timberwolves take on the Phoenix Suns right here. We will bring it to you. Paul Molitor in a matter of minutes talking baseball and much more. Last night's Timberwolves game was interesting because the Golden State Warriors are interesting. They just are. And when you play against them, I don't know if you can do this. I don't know if you at home could do this. I can do this maybe because I've been doing this for a long time. I can appreciate really good teams playing against a hometown team. It doesn't bother me. I love to watch really good. I love to watch excellence and the standard and whatever it is. And last night at times, not all the time, Golden State played to that standard. Clay Thompson was rusty when he came here a couple of weeks ago. Now he looks in rhythm. Steph Curry was absent last time they came here. He looks pretty good. Andrew Wiggins is an all-star starting in the for the Western Conference. Looks good. I've seen Andrew work out in the offseason. He comes back home here and trains. His family still lives here, and I stay in touch with his father, Mitchell. Mitchell, a one-time NBA player as well. And um, he is, it's very interesting to watch him because um, he's got two or three trainers. Sometimes they're videotaping him when he'll work out sometimes that way at one time. And I guess if you're a $150 million contract, if you've got that, then you do that. You, You can do that. And, 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 and that's part of what he does. But he's an interesting guy, and uh, uh, he's starting to thrive from that trade from D'Angelo Russell to him. Let's talk some baseball and beyond. Tomorrow night uh, I'll be with Dick Bramer at uh, the River Center hosting uh, a um, banquet for the Crescent Cove. The Crescent Cove is a hospice for children. It's hard to even say those words. Uh, that Harmon Killebrew started some years ago and has gotten a number of different people involved, including Hall of Famer Paul Molitor, who joins us now. Paul, thank you for joining us. Is the game over that you're watching? <laughs> yeah, hey, Maxie. Uh, all good. My uh, my son's playing uh, uh, B-Squad basketball up at Edina, and they had a, they had a nice game today against Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so everything's good. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, that big Dan, that freshman, uh, I forget his last name, he's a pretty good player there at Edina. He's about 6'9 already. Yeah, you know, he was on Ben's team growing up. But sure. um, <laughs> when you grow like that, as yeah. good as he is, you get bumped up a couple levels. <laughs> that's, that's a like you and baseball at Creighton, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Paul, we'll talk a little baseball in a minute. But first I want to talk about Crescent Cove because I mentioned it's even hard to say that the words as to sure. what it is. It's this wonderful 
um, facility where people, families that have a child uh, with a life-threatening death that could even be yeah. in hospice can come instead of a hospital, and they can access more readily. Uh, that's kind of the nutshell of it. But, Paul, you've been there. You've felt it. Sure. Uh, explain what it feels like you're there. And, 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 you know, you were one of the first up when, when the killer got this going, uh, how this yeah. evolved. Well, I, I appreciate you bringing attention to the cause, Mike. Um, I think a lot of people are surprised when they find out that there's only three um, children and young adult respite and hospice homes in our country, and, and we're very grateful to have opened one here in Minnesota. You know, literally, Maxie, there's thousands of kids in our state alone that face life-shortened conditions, and very tough for the families, obviously, so we provide respite for the families and hospice care for the kids. Um, if you go there and you see what they do, uh, you realize the impact in a positive way it has for these families. And, uh, you know, Harmon got involved with hospice later on in his life. Um, he got, you know, Nita, his wife, is involved, myself, the Carews, the Bly Levens, the Olivas, the Morrises. Uh, we got you and Dick behind the cause, and we are just trying to continue to generate support so families can experience Crescent Cove cost-free and we continue to uh, help ease these very difficult circumstances. You, you've had a lot of highlights in your life. You don't get to the Hall of Fame without a lot. But explain to the people what it's like when you go to Crescent Cove and leave and how you feel when you're driving away from there. Well, it's it's very humbling. It's unsettling uh, just because of the sadness. You see these kids that, um, for no fault of their own, are, are faced with these conditions that in some way, shape, or form are going to change the landscape of how long they're on this earth. And I, I try to imagine the parents in those situations and just the difficulty of the 24-7 uh, care that they have provided for those kids. And, you know, you are encouraged by the love and the hope and the support that Crescent Cove um, provides, but you also realize just how devastating it is for these families. And in a small way, we're trying to contribute and make things just a little bit easier for them to deal with these very tough circumstances. Yeah, it, but you said it through no fault of your own. And I think all of us, you know, our spiritual lives help us out a lot. But it, it yeah. uh, you, you, you question and you wonder, you know, sometimes we ask why me and we mean you feel, yeah. you know, we're feeling sorry for ourselves. But sometimes, like at Crescent, you, you leave and you say, why me in terms of why did I get so lucky, right? Yeah, it's kind of the the opposite side of the spectrum where, you know, it, it kind of reminds you of, of the little things that you allow yourself to get turned upside down over and then you realize that they're so small and then there are things that really matter that that includes life and death so um yeah it's uh it, it's definitely eye-opening to realize that this is a reality the most powerful night of the gala that we will have tomorrow night as you know mike uh, we you know we have the silent auction yep. we have the nice social hour but it's when the families get up get up and give <laughs> testimonials to their situation that is the most impactful part of the evening Yep, and you you just sit there and you just can't believe it, and you wonder how they do it. And last year we were virtual. Yes, this year we'll get to be in front of people again, which will help as well. We'll be virtual as well. Uh, but but these people stand up there and they're so poised, and they talk about what they've seen and what they've been through, and 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 how Crescent Cove helped. But it's 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 bigger than that, and uh, you really do wonder sometimes, don't you, how how you would handle that? And 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 these people give you kind of a roadmap that. Uh, uh, you know, life is hard, sure. and, and, and they take it on, and, and, and it takes a lot of people and a village and all those things. But they, right. they really they really motivate you when you're done. Well, it, it does, and it makes you, you know, feel very grateful that you have a small role in trying to keep this thing rolling. You know, that we, we, 
Crescent Cove was able to stay open throughout the pandemic, um, which was a, a huge thing for these families. And as you said, Mike, when a mom or a dad gets up there and, and, and talks through the story, it's just uh, it's just very impactful. And they do it not because that they're trying to draw attention to themselves, but they realize that by getting out there and spreading the word that they're going to increase the possibility of they'll continue to be supported in the way that they are. Paul, as long as I have you here, not as important, but I, can I shoot you a couple of baseball questions? Uh, sure, Max. You know, <laughs> we've been a little void of baseball talk. <laughs> yes, we than, have. No Twins Fest, no no signings, no caravan, no nothing. Uh, you've been through a lot of labor stoppages, though, and things like that. What's it like for a player when, when you know when, when there's a stoppage in play and you're not quite sure how it's going to get done? Well, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty, and players wonder. We have a... a a whole lot of players that are out there without jobs right now that have to wait until this thing is settled. And you know what I, my concern is this time, Mike, is that, uh, you know, when I was involved, we, we had four or five during my tenure and you kind of learned how to deal with it and realize that in the long run, the union was doing the right thing and you had to put up the fight when it was time to put up the fight. But now these players really haven't been exposed to this. So um, I'm hoping that they understand the history of the union, the solidarity that it takes to get, accomplish what they need to get accomplished that the biggest point now though is that baseball needs to be on the field and i hope that the ownership and players realize that compromise is the way to get this thing done and hopefully we won't have an interrupted season we might start spring training a little late that's kind of my gut but i'm hoping that we get things full bore here by at least the early part of march and we can start the season on time you know a lot of the people that are involved in things like this so do, do you do you get in general do they have that sense like hey this isn't just about us this is about how we look to the to the public does, does that enter in well i i do think that enters into it the, the difficult part for players is that you're just not going to get sympathy no matter what your cause is or how much you are just trying to stand by what rights players should have because rightfully so fans see just see the dollar amounts that are being you know dished out in terms of compensation they realize it's a 10 11 billion dollar industry and somehow if i'm a, as a fan i wonder well you know hey let's let's figure out how to how to do this there should be plenty for everybody to be happy and keep this thing going paul is our guest talking a little baseball and uh and beyond, when we last left the Twins, you forget they, they, Jose Barrios is gone and Nelson Cruz is gone, uh, yep. at least as of now. Um, you know, Nelson uh, obviously was such a big influence on that team, etc. Uh, but when you come back, you, you've, you're going to have to do something to you know, fortify a little bit. Uh, are, are there enough free agents out there? Do you think it'll be a frenzy right off the top? Or what would happen once they, once they get back to playing? Yeah, I, I think that'll be a, a pretty intense time as clubs try to figure out their rosters and I won't say panic, but there's going to be a lot of players looking to sign and get opportunities to make teams. You know, the twins highlight of the season was bringing Byron back. And I think everyone was elated to see that they could find a way to make that happen. And not too dissimilar from the labor situation, the twins had to, you know, make some adjustments and go about signing him. And Byron was willing to compromise as well, but that was the highlight. We're going to have to, you know, try to maybe do a few things makeshift as we head into spring training to round out the roster and try to give ourselves a chance to get back into a more competitive season this year. You managed Byron Buxton, and when we last left him, we weren't quite sure. He had that great start, and then he came back, and he was just okay coming off an injury, not bad at the end. And it was, It's yeah. always been hard to kind of evaluate, I guess, because you don't know you know, with, the, with his injuries, et cetera. But when you see him, is he on the cusp of something? Has he learned how to hit major league pitching consistently? What, what do you see? 
Yeah, I I think that we all know he has elite abilities. It's a little bit strange that, you know, he had in the free agency with so much bargaining power, despite the fact that he hasn't been able to play all that much. <laughs> That's what I was so, thinking, yeah. But, but when we do see him play, we see the impact, we see the winning percentage, we see all the things that he brings. And, and you've been around him. He's He's a very easy person to pull for. He does all things right. He's got a lot of respect for the game. And I and I told him, and I, I don't talk about myself a lot, Max, so you know. but I, <laughs> You never I, do. I know. But I, I do share, I shared with him that, hey, I, I was on the disabled list like 12 times, I think my first seven or eight years in the big leagues. And then I, all of a sudden it turned around and good health came my way and, and I was able to you know play until I was in my 40s. So I, I just reminded him that, just stay the course. Um, it's going to come back to you in some way, and I know it's going to have an um, impact on our team here in the Twin Cities. You were very intentional about that, though, Paul, when you managed and coached, not talking about yourself. Was there a reason why or do players in general not want to hear even what a guy did as a player? I, I, I just don't think it's very productive. If you, if you can use your experience in a teaching fashion, that's fine. But, uh, you know, I, I remember talking to Dozier sometimes about when we try to compare today's game to what it was like 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and he tells me the 270 is, is, is the old 300, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a different way that they look at the game. They realize it's more difficult. I, I just really try to take the approach that, Hey, I, I know that I know what the grind is like, forget about performance. And I just try to relate to them in that type of capacity. You know, yesterday the Vikings unveiled a new general manager and you hear that word analytics again, and we've heard it in baseball for a long time. And I think a lot of people on the outside still don't get it. A lot of us don't get it because hasn't everybody kind of used analytics uh, their whole, I mean, I mean, you can't miss a guy's 40 time in the case of football or how tall right. and strong he is. I mean, those are all analytics and data uh, but, you know, if everybody goes analytics, then that means that there's going to be some teams that finish last and the, and the fan base is going to be mad about analytics. Do you think we're getting closer to a comfort zone on this? Well, I think we are learning how to use the data more effectively and efficiently. There's always going to be a winner and a loser. Um, I think that one of the big parts that gets overlooked in analytics that it really has become more accurate in being able to determine win probability and I think as they've tried to find factors that increase winning or losing, that's the trend that most clubs are going down, whether it's football or baseball or whatever. Um, as an old school guy, Maxie, I certainly like the fact that I, I, I'd like to like to think that we're going to be able to blend the two, uh, both the experience, the human aspect of the player, as well as the fact that we have a better way to evaluate and hopefully make our players and our teams better. Last question. Uh, you bet you're in the Hall of Fame and you get to welcome David Ortiz. Uh, obviously, he spent part of his career with the Twins and, and you were uh, a part of it uh, at times yeah. when he was with the Twins. Uh, explain him as a hitter. We, we know he changed, but explain who he was as a hitter. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a heck of a party in Cooperstown <laughs> yeah. for, the, for the Twins contingent. Yeah. You know, David, David's party alone, but yep. you, know, you throw in Tony and Jim. Uh, you know, I remember working, I was on Tom Kelly's staff when we had David as a young man, and he showed flashes for sure. We had trouble keeping him on the field. He had some knee issues with the turf and all that. But I remember a batting practice session in Seattle one day when we, you know, I think people mis- misread that we tried to get him just to be a spray contact hitter. That particular day, I went out there and just pumped him fastballs in and watched him launch ball after ball off the windows in right field at Safeco Field. And uh, I think we all knew he had potential in him. It just 
in the long run, a, a change of scenery and a club that gave him a chance to play every day was a ticket for him just taking off. He's legendary. You know, yeah. break the curse in Boston and to, and to win three World Series. <laughs> uh, he got a, he, he's got in his, his, his just due with his Cooperstown induction the other day. Looking forward to the summer. I, I won't say who, but one day at spring training, I'm standing with Harmon Killebrew behind a cage, and there's a guy hitting. And uh, I asked uh, Harmon, will this guy ever hit for power? And he said, not until he's willing to get up on top of the plate and, and give up you know, part of what he does to hit for average. Is it that simple sometimes that you, you just got to say, hey, uh, if you're going to throw me in, I'll turn, but I'm going to change the way I, you know, I'm, I'm just going to stand on top of the plate and challenge you as opposed to, yeah. you know, stay off it. Well, that's part, that's part of the puzzle of solving hitting. I, I think recognize a player's strength. Some guys are going to hit for average like a Luis Arise, and then you got your power guys, and, and they're not going to hit for much average. That's why you get that rare athlete who can do both, and they're at the top of the top of the rung as far as talent in the game. But I think it's part of development to recognize players' strengths and then try to build that build that as best you can to give them a chance to be a major leaguer. Hey, Paul, thank you so much for giving us some time. We'll see you tomorrow night at the banquet, Crescent Cove. Uh, people can watch it online, or you may have a ticket to be out there. But I look forward to seeing you, and, and thank you so much for all that you do for it. You bet, Mike. I look forward to seeing you as well. Have a good evening. You bet, Paul Molitor. And I mean to tell you, folks, this is, um, if you go to the website, Crescent Cove, you can get on and, and watch this live uh, virtually tomorrow. Uh, uh, the, I think it's sold out in terms of the people that will be out there at the River Center. But I, I just, I can remember driving home last year and the hole in my stomach because you drive home in the best possible sense because it reminded you that, you know, what Paul and I just talked about in the second half of that conversation really wasn't all that important because we're talking about you know, millionaires and billionaires and everything else. But the stuff that happens tomorrow night, that's really, really important. I'll share more on it when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.